Savvy bullion and precious metal stackers the world over like to take advantage of spot price dips, and India this week was no exception. This clip was taken in Mumbai today during the festival holiday of Dahanteras. What you see is a long line awaiting the chance to purchase physical silver and gold items. India is one of the emerging economies which will experience one of the largest increases in wealth per capita not only next year but in the decades ahead. London silver inventories recently fell through last month of October 2023 and you can bet the vast majority of these over 38 million ounces were exported off to India where the demand for silver has been subdued through this year and only until late, especially compared with last year, 2022's record demand of nearly 310 million ounces or just under 10,000 metric tons of silver bullion demand in India alone. So what happens when India finally returns to again demanding outsized silver bullion import levels that we've seen in the last handfuls of years? Where will this silver come from and at what spot price points will it be at? Later on in this week's SD Bullion Market Update, we'll also highlight some interesting forecasts on just how much increased demand specifically for industrial silver applications the world will be seeing from the Chinese over the next 10 years as well. The collective world continues in record volumes to collectively on net run away from underperforming U.S. Treasuries bonds and underperforming IOUs on paper, often opting to buy bullion in record volumes instead. Today, late this afternoon, Friday, November 10th, bad news was snuck out in hopes of not stirring the pot too, too much. Moody's announced it's just cut U.S. debt outlook from stable to negative, citing higher rates and persistently large annual deficits ongoing. Poland again added another 200,000 ounces of gold to its official stack last month, October 2023. No surprise that China too just announced it bought more official gold bullion for its sovereign stack, adding just over 23 metric tons of gold or 743,000 ounces of gold last month, October 2023 officially. Of course, China also keeps unofficial gold physically held off balance sheet with their sovereign wealth fund spread amongst various state bank vaults throughout China and with its military as she mines gold in China and offshore in continents like Africa at world-leading clips year after year. If you've studied physical gold import-export flows and gold mining data over the last few decades, especially since the last time gold performed a full accounting of the outstanding fiat US dollar supply in January 1980, well, estimates range from conservatively three to as many as 10 times more official gold bullion that China will officially claim at some point in the future when it serves it best. Most Westerners remain clueless to these facts and will learn them the hardest ways later on as they finally catch on to the fact that bullion will continually outperform bonds and currently historically overvalued paper assets for many years ahead. At the moment already, central banks are now cutting interest rates at the fastest pace since August 2020. Of course, the United States and other large economic zones like the EU will likely follow in accordance at some point next year, 2024. Meanwhile, this week, financial Twitter had a good laugh as Jerome Powell went off script while his speech was interrupted by environmental protesters. Wait for it. Wait for it. It's rated R. Wait for it. The fact that the process of getting inflation sustainably down to 2% has a long way to go. The labor market remains tight, although improvements in labor supply and a gradual easing in demand continue to move it into better balance. GDP growth in the third quarter was quite strong, but like most forecasters, we expect growth, growth to moderate in coming quarters. Of course. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Yep. Thank you. 
Just close this fucking door. Close the door. For the U.S. stock market, it appears increasingly so that many retail investors and financial institutions are closing the door on seeking coming gains in U.S. stocks as we witness both capital flows out of the stock market increasingly continue to grow with both investor classes, retail and institutional. And who's to blame them? We currently live in an increasingly weak consumer-driven economy that at the moment requires the government to spend nearly 40% of our annual GDP just to keep things looking as if they are normal and all is well with the U.S. economy. And for those who have gains in the U.S. stock market at the moment and are currently rotating out into asset classes like bullion, I often use this long-term chart to try and illustrate why the eventual meeting with the spot price of gold and the nominal S&P 500 is likely in a rollover ahead. Here is a quick clip provided by Comex CME Group illustrating the history of this powerful swing trade from stocks to gold and back and forth and how it has worked over the last long lifetime of U.S. financial history. Looking back to 1928, when the time series for the S&P 500 began, U.S. equities have had an average annual price return of 5.9%. But gold is not far behind with an average yearly gain of 4.9%. It can be instructive to reprice equities in gold terms by dividing the S&P 500 index by the dollar price of gold. The S&P 500 gold ratio has been through broad swings over the past century with stocks falling 86% of gold terms between 1929 and 1942, then rising by 1,165% versus gold between 1942 and 1967, falling by 95% versus gold from 1967 to 1980, then soaring 4,000% versus gold between 1980 and 2000, and then falling 89% versus gold between 2000 and 2011. More recently, the S&P outperformed gold by 350% between 2011 and 2021, but has since dropped back by about 15% versus the yellow metal. Gold tends to outperform stocks during periods of fiscal and monetary expansion, price instability, as well as during periods of geopolitical conflict and uncertainty. As such, one might wonder if gold might be the outperformer for the rest of the 2020s. If you are like me, you see our collective experience in 2008 through 2011 as a mere warm-up for the eventual mania phases for both silver and gold ahead. It is my current contention that those who own and buy bullion at the moment, either gold or silver, that they, over the coming handfuls of years, should collectively outperform bloated U.S. stock values on a real basis. Hello, this is James Anderson on behalf of SD Bullion. Smash the like button if you enjoy these bullion market updates. Subscribe to our channel here for weekly bullion market updates with exclusive bullion service offerings like this one. The worst day on Wall Street since the crash of 1987. We're now down 43%. This could be the most serious recession in decades. Protect your retirement with gold and silver IRAs. Learn more at sdbullion.com backslash IRA. The silver and gold spot price in fiat Fed note terms traded downward on the week. The spot silver price closed at $22.27 an ounce bid, while the spot gold price finished at $1,938 an ounce bid. 
This black gold silver ratio finished the week at 87. To provide a bit more coverage on this late day Friday news dump regarding Moody's downgrading US debt, here are a few talking heads at Bloomberg adding a few points to try and soothe the bad news. United States outlook has been cut to negative from stable by Moody's. So the actual credit rating of the U.S. remains the same, and Moody's has affirmed that AAA rating, but it has downgraded the outlook. Uh, Michael, this would be the last U.S. rating company that has kept the U.S. at AAA, correct? That's correct. Uh, it was 2011 that S&P downgraded the U.S. during the uh, budget problem that year, and then it was only a year ago that Fitch... Uh, downgraded the U.S. Uh, now, the question is, would Moody's doing it uh, add anything to that? There's some question about whether it would matter all that much in the sense that um, in some cases, portfolio managers wouldn't be allowed to own downgraded uh, stocks, but downgrading to AA from AAA uh, probably would not be a, a major issue. They're not necessarily talking about the fundamentals themselves. They're talking about political polarization. They're talking about the dysfunction in Washington as, a pre as, a, as sort of the backdrop for why they're making the decisions to put these ratings on watch here. And we'd be remiss in not pointing out we're one week away from a budget deadline. The Speaker of the House is on his way to Europe instead of actually in Washington working on a deal, and we still don't have a bill on the table. So why should we not think that the Moody's, and for that matter, Fitch and S&P, will follow through? Well, we don't have a direct warning from Fitch and S&P that they would go further than their downgrade that they've already done, but Moody's certainly with a negative uh, outlook could uh, take additional action if the U.S. were to have a government shutdown next week. Maybe this, uh, it could be that Moody's is looking at this as sort of a warning shot over the bow of uh, the USS Congress or something like that. Um, the issue for the ratings companies is not uh, for the U.S. the ability to pay. We've got a printing press. We have uh, basically unlimited funds. We'll always uh, pay our debts. It is interesting because when you get to the uh, section on the long-term outlook, they do look at the uh, federal interest payments relative to revenue and GDP and suggest that it is going to rise significantly to an unsustainable level, which helps make the argument that some people in Congress are making that they need to uh, cut spending as soon as possible. Uh, and so that will this will probably be taken up by the Republicans uh, as part of their yeah. um, battle cry in terms of oh, that. Sure we don't know. We don't know if it will, if we will actually reach those levels because mm -hmm. if the Fed cuts interest rates, then yeah. uh, it won't be as bad. But it is something that they seem to be concerned about. Of course, one of Bloomberg's own analysts just about a month and a half ago stated that he believes gold and the S&P 500 will again re-meet at 3,000 as a result of an upcoming U.S. recession. Moving onward to an eye-popping forecast on upcoming growing silver industrial demand, mainly coming from electronics manufacturing in China over the next 10 years, Oxford Economics Consultancy stated the following in a report released this week. The backlink for this free 21-page report is in the show notes below if you care to go read it. They state that the demand for silver will continue to grow for the next decade, far outpacing its growth over the last 10 years. And while the Federal Reserve's recent aggressive monetary policy continues to support the fiat US dollar and higher yields, there are recession fears that are weighing on potential industrial demand for silver to come. Yet they forecast that between 2023 and 2033, 
Global output of end users of industrial silver will increase by 46% in real terms, much of it coming from computers and electronic applications. They cite that rapid growth in the output of electronic and electronic applications industry is forecast to grow by 55% over the coming decade. Now they didn't dare try and take a stab at how much investment demand for silver will be growing over that same time period, and I'd argue only omniscience knows, for we really have no idea of the unforeseen economic shocks we're going to have to be living through from now and until the year 2033. Now that all said, since the year 1970, when the silver price was $1.92 and a half an ounce, uh, the shadow aggregated eastern price for silver has added up from then to now to currently be at over 317 an ounce. My contention remains as we have seen many times throughout this full fiat currency era, and the last time being in early 2011, that the red current spot price line on this chart and the eastern shadow silver price blue line here they have another date of destiny, meaning in their futures. Likely where all this increasing silver demand is going to require massively higher spot prices to induce above ground inventories in order to be refined into industrial and investment grade application formats. Now, whatever the nominal fiat price per dollar an ounce silver it's going to take when this again occurs, it's not all that important really. What's most important is that the holders of silver bullion from here to there will be able to afford way more in real goods and services with their silver bullion holdings than they currently do at the moment with the phony derivative suppressed silver price points that we see day to day. Now that's gonna be all for this week's SD Bullion Market Update. As always, to you out there, take great care of yourselves and those you love. If you enjoyed this video, hit the like button and share it with those you love. Subscribe to our channel and hit that alert button so you know when we publish new bullion market updates.